This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So now Posey ranges some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. All right, hey, what's going on? Next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Joe Shasky. No, let me try that again. With Joe Shasky, um, I'm Mark Willard. Uh, what's going on? Uh, it, look, you know, they asked for a really good series going into San Diego, coming off of that big win at the end of the Arizona series. It did not start off well, but the, you, you got to give them credit for the weekend. And, uh, you know, the bats finally wake up on Sunday, but let's talk about Carlos Rodon on Saturday because that was, to me, that was way, way more than a great pitching performance. That was obvious. Anyone can look at a box score and go, man, he absolutely shoved on uh, on a night when they really needed it. But it was the vibe around it. Mm-hmm. It was that emotion that he showed. We're waiting for somebody. In fact, he's even been one of the guys who's asked, hey, with Buster Posey gone, who is an emotional and spiritual leader of this team inside the clubhouse? I thought Carlos waved up and uh, said, how about me? Uh, yeah. In that, that performance on Saturday. It was absolutely electric. It reminded me of young Tim Lincecum. That's what it reminded me of. Obviously, he's left-handed. He's a totally different build. But like 98, 97, 98, 97 in that final inning. And I'm just feeling like we throw the word ace around, Mark. We throw it around so frequently. And it's like, really? How many true aces are there around the league? Yeah, you're the number one starter for Team X. But does that make you an ace? That was an ace-like performance that he gave this team because it was more than just getting this team to a victory. He was willing them back into this playoff race, it felt like. Well, I mean, we love it when athletes do this every once in a while. You have to pick your spots because if you if you don't pick your spots, you know how, like, every okay, we all love Draymond Green, but you know mm-hmm. how he wears everybody out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he wears, you know this, Steve Kerr, once upon a time, I'm so bleeping sick of Draymond. Even as a fan, you're like, oh, 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 okay, Draymond, right? Like, just once in a while. So if you only have one pitch and, and you throw it every single time, it's like, okay, we get it. But but Carlos isn't like that, and this wasn't like that. We love it where every once in a while when the situation calls yeah. for it, you sort of step forward to be your own boss. Like he walked into that stadium that night, and he was like, uh-uh-uh-uh, no, no, no. My game, mm-hmm. my ball, mm-hmm. you're not taking me out. You can come out here and talk to me. You can talk to me in the dugout. My ball game tonight and then effectively did it 98 98 99 for his last three pitches of the night very very like that was that got under everybody's skin that was an inspirational effort 
I mean, it was old school. I mean, this this is baseball that we yeah. grew up loving. Yeah. Like, forget your analytics and, and you know, your pitch count charts and all these different things. No, no, no. I'm going to take this team all the way to the finish line. And what was great about it, obviously, when Webb loses the way he did just prior to, to Rodon's start, it's a gut punch. I mean, he got caned. I mean, we can all freely no. admit that. Like, he got caned in that moment. And it stinks. You know, you, you, you give up one run, you should win that game. I don't care who you are. If you go eight, nine innings, you should win that game. So, for Radon to do that on the heels of that Logan Webb performance, I thought it was magical. And then the other part of this is for the team, the trickle-down effect of not using the bullpen, not just in that game, but then the next day as well with Wood going seven strong. This team needed that so bad because all we've been talking about is, my God, this bullpen's going to fall on its face come August. Well, and and then let's also go back to, to Logan Webb, even in the losing effort, like, uh, remember where the bullpen was. The state of the bullpen coming out of the Arizona series. You know, you you, you got uh, you got Duvall throwing thirty seven pitches yep. and not getting through the ninth inning. Sam Long's got to come out. Mm-hmm. He's got to do his thing. Uh, and and so you you arrive in San Diego on a stretch where there's no days off, and this continues now. Right, seven games mm-hmm. this week going into the All Star game, and you're thinking, man, uh, the 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 bullpen is is taxed. And, and that's that's not good for a team that likes to play close ball games that go into the seventh and eighth inning. So for the starting pitch, you got a bullpen game on Friday, mm-hmm. but for the starting pitching on the other three nights to go Webb 8, Rodon 9, Wood 7, huge, mm-hmm. as Kapler loves to always talk about. Not just huge because you won two games over the weekend, Huge for the seven games that you've got this week. Mm-hmm. I've got my eyes on how they play in this Arizona series because of that. You you know, you're going to get another web outing early in that series, but but I really think they're set up now for success against Arizona because of the starting pitching in San Diego. The bullpen should be absolutely ready to rock and a little bit reworked yeah. with Jake McGee. Uh, getting uh, getting sent out a couple days ago. Yeah, the Jake McGee thing, let's put a bookmark on that. I, I do want to circle back on that. But, mm-hmm. like, Rodon, it was just such an electric performance. And there's just something about a charismatic guy who's kind of got this game face look of intensity at all times. And just everything about him, just I love it. Whether it's the high leg kick, the socks, just the whole moxie, sweating through everything. And more than anything, you're playing the team you're chasing. You're looking up at them yep. in the standings. Yeah, they're not in first place, but this is the team you're going to battle all summer. I thought it was one of those, I'm here, and you're going to have to reckon with me the rest of the season. Well, and let's not forget, and maybe this is just psychological, you show up on that game Saturday, you have played, uh, at that point, you have played 82 games. You Mm -hmm. have officially started the second half of the schedule. And really for the first time of any consequence since the pandemic year, your 500 ball club. I know. And if you lose that ball game, you go under 500 and maybe it's only for a night, but there is something psychological about mm-hmm. that. And we're, we're approaching the trade mm-hmm. deadline and everyone's watching to go, okay, is this team going to fall off the map to where you even potentially would, would consider being a sell, mm-hmm. a seller in, in this marketplace. These two games over the weekend for me, put a stamp on it. It was like, no, 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 no. This team's not going that direction. It's going that direction. And, and, and Rodon leads the way to that. You see the team respond with a 12-0 yes. victory. The, the very next day, get back into 
a winning mark and then you come home. Granted, the Brewers are tough, but you come home for three against Arizona. I know their last homestand, they were supposed to come home and make hay and it went the wrong way. But, you know, previous point about the bullpen, the momentum, where it is, uh, I think provided they can at least take two out of three from Arizona, this is the finish that they yeah. needed to the first half of the season. And they finally got the, the great pitching with some complimentary hitting over those last couple of days, right? Like, obviously, when you drop 12, everybody's hitting. But early in that game, it could have easily been they get out of that inning. You look up, you're like, wow, they got five, six runs. There's only one out. It's because guys like Wilmer Flores are stepping up. It's guys like Yastrzemski. Grisham misplays a couple of balls out in, out in center field. He was making those plays in the first couple of games. So I thought that that game was – Saturday was bigger, especially when it's on national TV and it started was a four o'clock start. It just felt different. The shadows, the sun. I thought it was a bigger game than just a Saturday in July game. Yeah, we may circle that one. And then for another reason as well, because we're now just uh, over a week away from the All-Star game. And what a weird day to get the news that Carlos Rodon does not make the All-Star team. Uh, It's one thing I've been assuming for two weeks that Rodon would be in the all-star game. Then he goes out, has his signature performance for the whole year, and we, we, we get up the next day and into the afternoon and go, wait a minute, he's not on the team? And, and, and Logan Webb isn't either? I don't tend to get too hot and bothered about this stuff. I understand that all the pitchers who are on the team, you can make the case. Look, the Reds needed somebody. They needed a representative. Clayton Kershaw gets put in by MLB. Eh, you know, big name. He's pitching pretty well. Uh, you know, not going to get too hot and bothered. Carlos may get added if anybody needs to sit out. So he still may may get there. But in the final analysis, come on. I know. Like, I, 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 look, look at who this person is. I know. Look at the numbers that are out there. Um, it's It's just incredibly unfortunate. There's no way. Absolutely no way you can argue against him being on the team. Well, I, I think we can both agree that it's just tough. And when I take a step back, it's hard for me to a, get mad at every team needs representation because I remember when the Giants were yeah. one of the lowly teams in the league. And I did want to see a giant get represented, yep. whether they deserved it or not. So, like, I understand philosophically from the big leagues point of view. It just feels like this year in particular, Mark, how many guys got snubbed? It felt like there weren't even close to enough spots. You want to represent the Braves. They won the World Series. I get it. The Giants were the benefactors of that in 2011. You know, you don't get Vogel song on, even though he wasn't on the 2010 roster, because you're, you're going to give a nod to one of your dudes. Like, I get the Braves getting a ton of guys. I get the L.A. thing. I understand it's Clayton Kershaw's kind of lifetime achievement. But boy, I mean, right now you ask MLB hitters who they want to face Clayton Kershaw or Rodon. And I'm not crushing Kershaw. It's just it sucks. Yeah, I wonder, too, you know, you get to the all-star break. This would be really hard because I, I would argue with you. I would argue alongside you that, yes, every team need, needs a representative. I sure, like that rule. 10-year-old meme, right, Mark, Like or your kids. Like, they want to see their guy. They're going to stay yep. up until their guy gets in. Yep, yep. So I would argue along with that. However, I'm also a big fan of, you know, like we see in soccer in Europe with relegation. Yes. Like, what if you had to have a certain number of wins or, or, or sorry, you didn't qualify for an all-star? Yeah. I mean, something, I'd be open to a conversation, and I don't know what the number is. Like, right now, the Washington Nationals are the bottom of the National League, and, and they've got 30. 
Um, you know, there's only one team in the bigs that does not have 30 wins yet. <laughs> it's the A's. But anyway, um, I like I, I I don't know if there's some sort of rule, some sort of a qualification process so that snubs like this don't happen. Well, here's the hard part, too. Because of arbitration, some of these guys who get the nod because they play for the Diamondbacks, I'm just using them as an example. Now that's in this. That's in his arsenal for his arbitration, and it's not in the arsenal for Carlos Rodon, who's going to hit free agency and try to get a $200 million deal, right? Yeah. So, like, there is a trickle-down effect to this. And then, like, the hard part th – this is the hard part. Like, I, if I'm looking at the Pirates as an example, and no one wants to see their random pitcher. We all want to see one guy. His name's right. O'Neill Cruz, right? That's the guy we want to see. So why don't we have a designation slot for, like, rising superstars or something like that? Like, I, it's not perfect. I'm frustrated. Rodon should be there. I'm hopeful he'll get the nod. I just don't know what the answer is, Mark. Well, I, I, I tell you what. Like, I'd be open. You know, All-Star Weekend for, for – and I know it's not a weekend, but All-Star, yeah. the, the whole deal – has um it's run its course to where i'm not saying i'm down on it i still think you know i watch my my sons who love baseball will still totally dial into the home my run favorite derby. of the all-star game right like there, there's there's still some value to what they do but why not add more why not and i know they've got the futures game but like why not let's get to know the brand new players exactly. with some sort of a skills competition so that they can show off because you keep talking about Cruz, and you know Cruz, and I know Cruz, but the fans don't know Cruz. No. He's a guy in, in Pittsburgh that you exactly. may see when your team goes to play the Pirates. Yes. People are just starting. What, what an opportunity to showcase these players and let people see what's coming. That, that, that's that's all like, okay, Kyle Schwarber's an example. We we have to have X amount of position players, and we have to have X amount of pitchers. Well, wait a minute. Let's take a step back. Kyle Schwarber, yeah, he's got a million bombs. His OPS is the lowest it's been in five or six years for him specifically. He's bad like 220, right? Their team's not that much better than the Giants. Who's pining for Kyle Schwarber to yeah. be in the All-Star game? Now, in the home run derby? Okay, no problem. I don't need him taking up and soaking up a, a slot because we have to fill this arbitrary number of positional players in the All-Star game. Like, I don't know. It just frustrates me. Not that the Giants deserve three slots, okay? We're probably – Webb, I think – had they been better 10 games, 12 games over 500, Webb's got an argument. Because they don't, I think Rodon, I still believe it's a snub. I'm not losing my mind. I'm not outraged. I'm just frustrated because I don't see the path for him getting in because of these stupid arbitrary reasons that they've created to fill slots. Right, right. And 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 the uh, you know, the beat writers for the Giants have already done a deep look to see because you know if somebody pitches on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah may become ineligible and you can get a replacement player. It doesn't look like any of the current National League starting staff is slated to go on Sunday. We'll see if they do. Uh, but, you know, so we'll see. We'll see because I do think if another spot opens up, I do think Rodon is going to be the very first one. Passing put out a list of all-star snubs. I saw that. Put out a list of about 15 guys. Rodon was number one on, on the list. Yeah. So I still think he does have a chance to uh, to get in. Big split in uh, in San Diego for sure. Uh, Giants coming off of a very good weekend. And now full steam ahead into the final homestand before the break with the Diamondbacks and the Brewers coming to town. We'll be all over it. This is Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. We come at you twice a week, two episodes a week. Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. Make sure you are subscribed.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, next thing we wanted to get to is uh, is an interesting week for Gabe Kapler. I know you loved the viral visual, which in the middle of summer was perfect. 12 nothing Giants win on Sunday. Gabe Kapler, pictures of him with – and it's funny because – on our show on 95.7 The Game, if you bet a game and it just cruises, you know, let's say you bet the Warriors <laughs> minus three and they win by 22, we call it an Ottoman game. Oh. And, and the, the, Gabe Kapler had an Ottoman game. His feet were up and he's <laughs> blowing bubbles and his sunglasses are on and the Giants win 12 to nothing. It was 11 to nothing at the yeah. time that the picture was taken. But uh, a, a rare visual because Gabe Kapler is so meticulous so focused, uh, always, always uh, coming at the game from every single possible angle. It was a good moment. It was a good moment for him to just finally put his feet up. We all need mental timeouts, right? Like just in general, I, I struggle with this because I'm a go, 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 go guy. I got a million things going on and I'm going to throttle to the to the floor as hard and as fast and as long as I can. And then I just had 10 days off where I almost fell on my face coming into my vacation. And it's like, I, I need a mental break. And that to me, as we gear up for this all-star kind of break, it felt like yet today was very therapeutic for Gabe Kapler to just kind of take a step back, relax. And Fleming said it so eloquently on the broadcast. He's like, he is always on that top step yep. and he's grinding and he's talking and he's chirping and he's doing this. They needed this, especially after what happened in Arizona with them. Well, and I want to bring up something else about Gabe Kapler because um, look, I, I have already put a check mark in my box uh, next to Gabe Kapler's name in terms of supporting him as, as the manager of this team. I think he does a great job. Um, I don't think he's just the reigning manager of the year because they won 107 and it was a fluke and he was along for the ride and he actually doesn't know what he's doing. I don't buy into any of it. Um, I think he's a different cat. And I think it's hard for people to, uh, to wrap their heads around that sometimes. Um, we are not used to a manager looking like that and talking like that and acting like that and riding his bike in black jeans down the Embarcadero. So this is super weird for everybody. Um, but... I, I think he pushes some of the right buttons in so many ways. And I want to help people understand something that I bet most fans don't know about mm. that should blow up this idea that he is a walking Excel sheet and out there just to do Farhan's business. The ultimate gut move does not happen in the seventh inning. It happens after the game and before the next game. The Giants had lost two games in a row in San mm -hmm. Diego. They had fallen to 500 at 41 and 41. Worst stretch of baseball in the Gabe Kapler era, and it is not close. So what did he do? While all these fans are sitting here going, flip over the food table, throw a ball off the wall, lose your mind. You want to know what Gabe did? What's that? Okay, boys. We're going to go have a home run derby. And he sent the team out before Saturday's game. And they had a, instead of BP, he had 
home run derby. That's that incredible. was batting practice. And all the reporters started tweeting about the vibes on the field. Is that we have not seen this team have this much fun all year long. 82 games in, and these are the biggest smiles we've seen. And what's happened since? I mean, they've been on, on fire. Absolute fire. That's a great point. It's like bringing in Jackie Moon for Clay Thompson if you're Steve Kerr. Right. Right. You know, right. but the, these are the mental gymnastics that you have to do throughout the grind of a 162 game season. I thought you were going to go in another direction because, you know, this week I criticized him. Hey, why are you pinch hitting, uh, you know, Slater for jock? And then I look up and I'm not going to get too drowned into the data here, but you look up, he's eight for his last 17. His OBP for the year is approaching 400. He batting like almost 500 this week, Slater. So him empowering the guy, you know, coincides with him having his best week of the season, which also coincides with this team finally breaking out on Sunday. I think all these things are interconnected is kind of where I'm going at with that. And I, I think when they're losing and things aren't going well and these pinch hits, they go up there, they strike out, they pop up, whatever. We lose our minds. But then when the good things happen, I don't think we sit here and soak in it enough. That's that's my biggest issue as a fan. I just I, I freely admit it. I, I revel in the in the misery. And sometimes I don't sit and smell the roses when things go well. So, for example, you know, Slater, since those pinch hits, Slater's been on fire and has been a key cog in this scene turning it around. Um, Jock Peterson has four hits in the entire month of July. And in fact, the last time Jock got a hit, are you ready for this? Give it to me. Sunday, July 3rd against the White Sox. O for Arizona. O for San Diego. O for two consecutive series. The whole That's road trip, he did not get a hit. And we're screaming and yelling, why won't you stick him in there more? <laughs> Listen, here's another gut play. And this one really, I, my eyebrows went up when Jock wasn't in the lineup in the Sunday game against the Padres. Yeah. If you go back three days, he Gabe was asked, hey, what about putting Jock in against a lefty? And, and they faced a lefty earlier in the series uh, against the Padres. And, and uh, Kapler said, he goes, well, it was a situation where they were going to throw two lefties at us in San Diego. I talked to Jock, and we decided he was going to start against one of them, and he picked Mackenzie Gore, which was Sunday. Okay. And then we get to Sunday, and he's not in the lineup. And then, Wait a minute. You said that Jock Peterson was going to be in the lineup. Why wasn't he in the lineup? So they asked him after the game, good job, John Shea. They asked him after the game, you said Jock was going to be in the lineup, and he said, you know what? Here comes Gabe's gut again. You know what? It's really not about sitting down and writing out a plan and just playing matchups. There are times where we decide our guys need a break. And this was one of them. And, and so Giants, you can yell all you want. Why isn't he in the lineup? Oh, this is your stupid spreadsheet. Well, the spreadsheet that they put together had Jock in the lineup today he went the other way. Jock is over the that. road trip. The Giants scored 12 runs. Zip. That's oh. what I got to say about that. No, this I love not, that. This is not a, this is not a group the same way Bochi wasn't just gut. Yeah. This group is not just spreadsheet. That yeah. is that is an inaccurate portrayal of well, what they're doing. 
I mean, if that was the case, Wood would have came out of today's game earlier. I, I believe that Rodon doesn't pitch the eighth or ninth inning in the game before. Like, he had some stressful innings. Now, it wasn't just about overall pitch count. To me, it's like, okay, he's sweating like crazy. It's hot. You know, there, there's many elements to why they would take him out that are analytically driven, as I do quotation marks right now. No, I, I think it's such a great point. And the, the thing that's that I find very refreshing when it comes to this team, at least right now, it does feel like they're playing a looser, more giancy style of ball. And I'm talking about this team's version of ball. They just look a lot more loose. They were real tense there for a couple of weeks, and it feels like they're finally kind of coming out of it, and I feel like it's being led by the starting pitching. Um, all right, speaking of loose, we got to get into one other thing uh, that, that, that this weekend in San Diego I think sort of highlighted – and, uh, and it's a real kind of either-or situation for a lot of baseball fans. We'll get to that here in uh, just a second. But a reminder that you're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys, the Giants podcast for the fan that comes at you twice a week. Joe Shasky and Mark Willard with you for those episodes. Don't miss one. And the best way to do that yeah. is to make sure that you are subscribed. Mark, before we get into the topic that I know you want to get into, Jake McGee, what mm-hmm. happened with Jake McGee and the San Francisco Giants? I, I, I'll let you gather your thoughts for a second. I never love Jake McGee being the closer. I'm not big on left-handed closers to begin with. Not that oh. it's like a deal breaker. Like Randy Myers was good. And, you know, there's been other guys that have been lefties that have been good. Billy Wagner, for example. He's a one-pitch guy. And I just felt like uh, it just was always – they couldn't find the right spot or role for him, but I don't understand why they released him in the middle of the year. To me, it, it, it came out of left field. Um, it did, and and there's no way for, for us to know exactly what those reasons behind the scenes are, but because it's so dramatic, right? such a dramatic move to go from, um, uh, you know, this team uh, putting finances, putting uh, a contract on the table that's more than one year for a player, uh, and then having him play such a key role and then bailing on him yeah. right in the middle of a season that that you're not planning on giving up on. All I can say is this one feels like there's a lot to it. That's like what I there's, thought. There's yeah. a story here. Um, and I, my guesses, my guesses would be, I don't think it's anything dramatic off the field where like they're trying to shake it up and send a message. <laughs> But Jake McGee famously is this one-pitch guy. Yeah. And if you're going to be a one-pitch guy, you need to have unbelievable command. It's the only way Jake McGee ever worked. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable command. Because to tell a big league hitter essentially what you're about to throw him and then get him out with it is absurd, quite frankly. Anyone who's ever seen the movie Bull Durham knows, right? When you speak of me, speak well. Here comes the deuce. If I tell you what I'm going to throw you, you're going to hit the damn bull, Joe. You're going to hit the bull. Jake's telling you, here comes the one, and guys are striking out. And it's not 99 miles an hour. So how's he doing it? Because he put it exactly where he wanted to put it, and he knew about arm angles and hitter angles. I felt like Jake this year lost some of that command, whether that was through injury or Mm -hmm. what have you. And Jake McGee without command becomes a minor leaguer like that. I totally agree. He's a guy who never really should have been a closer, but on this team, 
we had to put him at closer, similar to Belt being like a four hitter. Like he's miscast as a four hitter. That's not who he should be or, or what he is. But like Jake was thrusted into that role. I thought he did a pretty good job last year. Like he did. He he had moments. Yeah, it was ugly this year. He did a pretty good job last year. Here's the thing that I I just I'm wondering out loud. Is this a guy who might have had a different career at the end of his career had he not had to have the three batter minimum? You know, these lefties, does he face one guy at a time? Is he, I'm, Not that he's funky like Javier Lopez. It's just something I'm just, again, I'm just thinking out loud. I, I don't even know. It's it's probably personality and him not performing. It's not one thing. It's just something I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because, I mean, he, he's been a little bit of a head scratcher from the beginning for the, all the reasons we just discussed. Like, you know, being a, uh, being a one-pitch pitcher. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't know how that works in, in, uh, in major league baseball. So he's always, he's always a little bit, uh, a little bit different. He's a yeah. quiet guy. And so I don't feel like we really got to, got to know what yeah. the Jake McGee experience was all about, but for them to make this drastic of a move, something, Something was going on behind the scenes. Yeah, especially Farhan, who's willing to trade anyone and everyone when they have no other options. The guy will pull the rabbit out of the hat. So I just, it happened out of nowhere. I'm like, wow, didn't see this coming. But he did make a comment, Gabe Kapler. Hey, have I used McGee in certain roles? One of the the beat writers had asked him a question. And I said, huh, that was an interesting response. He hasn't used Jake McGee in certain roles. And I had kind of forgotten about Jake McGee. And then a couple days later, Bye-bye, Jake McGee. Yeah, yeah. well, listen, oh. the, 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 the clue was when Duvall got in trouble in Arizona <laughs> yes. and Sam Long comes flying in to save your season with the bases loaded. If you're not going to McGee there, you're not going to McGee. Yeah, that's a great point. Such Never a great again. point. You're yeah. 100% right. It's Sorry. just odd. He, he had moments, though. Yeah. Oh, no question about it. I mean, look, he's a huge part of a 107 win season, and uh, and that's definitely worth something uh, for Giants fans to remember. One last thing. The number 17, I think we shouldn't issue it for a while. Daryl Strawberry, Aubrey Huff, and now Jake McGee. I just – just me thinking out loud. Maybe we just put that one away for a little while. Or just save it only for weird lefties. Uh, that's, I mean, just wait. The next time the Giants get a weird lefty, you're like, no, I'm sorry. You don't get to pick your number. You're 17. Here's 17. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you, you say something weird or you walk around the clubhouse with a, a damn weird underwear uh, on, you're, you're getting 17. That's uh, it. I love that. Um, all right. So – uh, speaking of weird, let's get weird for a second. Yes, let's do it. Um, because I've decided this works and it makes people crazy in some spots. And there's a lot of debate about it. And there's a lot of opinions about it. And isn't that exactly what we're going for? The City Connect experience reaches San Diego. Now, I sent out a tweet right away. And it was really more to poke fun with both Giants and Padres. Okay. This team comes out wearing eight colors, <laughs> uh, right uh, on a, on a Friday night, and I and I so I sent out a tweet and I put in quotes, "The Giants City Connects are ugly," and then I wrote, "Padres hold my beer," <laughs> and, and, and and so you know we got some discussion going on that, but I don't really I'm not offended by it. I don't I, I don't get offended by uniforms. Um, you know, but my man, Alex Morgan is on 
Instagram in the San Diego City Connect jersey going, this is fire. Yep. You're watching, you're watching people from different diverse backgrounds, different ages, all really get into this thing because they're different. And as much as it's so take it back to the Giants. You you don't like creamsicle? You don't think they captured the bay? Well, I can tell you this: the sales of the City Connect jerseys and hats have been through the roof ever since they came out. Oh, by the way, the Giants seem to play better when they're wearing them. Tuesday nights at the ballpark are a thing. I took my boys to the last Tuesday night home game, uh, the game against Detroit on the last home stand, and and their eyes kind of lit up when I go, "Hey, remember it's it's City Connect Tuesday." And they're, "Oh, yes, it's City Connect Tuesday." So we can do the, oh, those are ugly, fine. But if we want baseball to be more social media savvy, we want them to get into the minds and hearts of younger fans. Mm-hmm. We want them to do something that's worth discussion. Man, this, this, this is one of those things. I'm with you on that. The Giants City Connects, I'm not the biggest fan of. I love the City Connect concept in general. I think the Angels have sweet jerseys. Love the Marlins jerseys. Love Chicago's. I just thought that the Giants could have gone in a different direction. But when they added the creamsicle helmet this year, it changed everything for me. Because to me, when they had the black helmet, it didn't look right. When they went creamsicle helmet, it was like somebody in Marcus like, hey guys, uh, we need to go all in on this. We, we, we yep. can't go like 80% of the way. You got to finish the loading process here. So I'm at the, at the house. I'm at the cabin. I got a 13, 11, and 7-year-old. All travel baseball players, okay? From San Rafael. These kids love baseball. Eat, breathe it up. A Dodger fan and a Giants fan. And then the other kid's a Giants fan as well. And I sit there and I turn to them. I go, what what do you guys think of these jerseys? And they go, I love them. I love them. Talking yeah. about the Padres uniforms. They love, absolutely love the highlighter colors in general. And they love the jerseys. The helmets were fly. How about the catcher's gear? The catcher's gear oh, was unbelievable. Well, and what's that? What's the dude? You'll know the name. What's the dude's name? The, oh, uh, uh, Fabio is catching for the Padres. Alvaro. Alvaro, he's got hair yes. flying out the back. You look great. Like with all the colors and he got a walk-off hit and all this yep. stuff. I'm like, man, that's kind of working. It was, I got pretty, it cool. It's, it's, it was it's pretty cool. It was pretty cool. So so then you you brought this up. Let, let's throw this out there just for a moment because yes. I thought this was funny, and, and, yeah. and it is obviously a generational discussion. For sure. So Bruce Jenkins is a legend in sports media in the Bay Area, and after looking at these City Connect jerseys, this was his take. So let me read you from Twitter. (laughs) He goes, what MLB doesn't realize with the horrendous alternate uniforms, especially San Diego's Friday night, say Machado hits four homers dressed as a fruit basket or somebody pitches a perfect game looking like a multicolored snow cone, you show up in the history books wearing that? Okay. Anytime you show up in the history books, I love you, Bruce, but if you show up in the history books, you look ridiculous. Yeah. Because when I was born and my parents show me pictures of 1975, look at the pictures. I'm like, look at you. You look ridiculous. (laughs) Mom's hairstyle. What are you doing with your pants back then? Yeah. Why are they velour? Why are you wearing those shoes? Why are your sunglasses bug out? What are you doing? And the style will come back around and all yeah. of the stuff that, yeah. that, that we know. The Chicago White Sox, when I was when I started collecting baseball cards in the 80s, 
were wearing short sleeve button all the way up like you look like you're going to a Hawaiian barbecue yep. with a square hat on Harold Baines with his awesome afro flying out the side it, okay bring me that uniform today and be like you showed up wearing like that yeah yeah this is this isn't this isn't about that um and when when you do that when you when you immediately say and this look this look doesn't fit my memory it doesn't fit my sensibilities, you are feeding the animal that is baseball shunning mm-hmm. young people. Is you're feeding your honor- the animal. I'm not saying you're wrong. Your tastes are your tastes, but you are feeding the negative beast. Well, if this is your take on City Connects because City Connects are working. Well, they're 100% working. And not to be this guy, but the reality is you're not the target demo for selling these jerseys anyway. And they're going to sell whether you like them or not. I mean, that's just the reality. There's a lot of things in life that sell that I don't love. And you know what? That's just kind of part how it goes. It's like Star Wars for me. People go crazy about the new Star Wars. Like, oh, it wasn't like this. It's 77. Dog, you're 50. It ain't for you no more. It's for the 11, 12-year-olds. Like, that's, that's where we're marketing this thing and if you can't take a step back and realize that that's a you problem well listen you're gonna get upset about colors on sleeves when there's a runner at second base in the 10th inning and the dh comes to the plate exactly uh, look i'm sorry oh, like if you Mark, if, if we can't evolve if you can't get ready for change you I, you know we'll get Mark. you some dvds and you can watch the old days as yeah. long as you want my dad says the other day, my, we're in the car going golfing, and he's like, I just don't like the 10th inning rule. I go, what's wrong with it? Well, the pitchers, they get charged with a run. I go, no, actually, they don't. It's an unearned run. He goes, no, that run scores. I go, no, dad, it's literally an unearned run. Like, it's an error. It does not go to their thing. Oh, Oh, I go, yeah, and they have, you know, a runner on, on second in every level of every baseball from Little League all the way through college, all that. Once you get an extra, it's to end the game and get it over with. Well, I miss the days of 16-inning games. I go, no, you don't. You fall asleep after the ninth inning every single day, and you wake up and watch the final 30 minutes. What are you talking about? This is old man getting mad at Cloud. I mean, that's literally what it is. I don't I don't love the rule either. And I love my dad. In, but- right? I don't love the rule either in terms of just the concept <laughs> of it. It, yes, but, um, it, it's high. Like it's not the battle I'm going to pick. Exactly. By the way, take it from the guy who used to be in the bunker studio doing shows at two thirty in the morning when they went sixteen. Thank you. Nobody likes that. Okay. Nobody. Nobody, everybody Nobody. was gone. We romanticized these things as if we loved them. Y'all went home. Yeah. I'm the one who had to be there speaking to a wall after you went home. So stop telling me you love the 16 inning game. You hate it. It's a hundred percent. And not only that, it's not like, oh, man, the Yankees won three out of four championships. Thank God they had so many 14 inning games because it really showed the depth of how great their team was. No one looks back on those. The only one we remember is the playoff one, which I'm here for playoff extra innings with belt hitting the Jack against the nationals. Yeah. That we we all remember that and that was amazing regular season get this thing to a finish bro there was an 18 inning it was at least 17 17 or 18 inning game this is three years ago i think it was bochi's last year okay there was an 18 inning game against the rockies and i swear it was either one to one or two to two and after 18 innings they won because eric kratz the backup catcher 
got sawed off and a little pop-up went out toward the first baseman. He kind of misplayed it. It glanced off his glove and the Giants won. And I'm like, I don't even know how to describe that. That was Somewhere. a walk-off fill-in-the-blank. It, but it wasn't entertaining. It wasn't exciting. It was a relief is what it was. Mark, no, that was just like Willie Mays hitting a home run against Warren Spawn when him and Juan Marichal went 16. It's the same exact thing. Totally, totally. Oh, um, I love right. those jerseys, by the way. Put a put a little bobby pin in it. I love those Padre jerseys. I'm here for the highlighter experience. I'm, I'm, look, I'm just here for the discussion. Um, Me too. And, and, you know, they wake you up, that's for sure, and the Giants needed that. So a good weekend for them. Uh, hopefully they're back on track. Big homestand leading into the All-Star yeah. break. We'll have two more episodes coming for you uh, as the first half of the season comes to a close. For Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, this is Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe.